0: Welcome to the washdown podcast episode number 54 tonight we are talking with police officer Tyler Moss Tyler was involved in an officer-involved shooting and Was actually shot in the head And tonight we're going to talk to him about his recovery and his viewpoints And how he's doing now and the things he's doing going forward He's got a great story, it's a great conversation, so I hope you guys enjoy it, Um, like it and leave a comment. So without further ado, here's the Washdown Podcast, episode number 54, with guest Tyler Moss. Is You set people up for success, so you give them
1: all of the information. And then let them succeed. Well, since only one of us in this room is an officer in the positions that we're in, Mm -hmm. you failed. How did I fail? You're the leader here. You took the initiative
0: to book the guest, and you were super excited about it. Mm -hmm. And then you just dropped the ball.
1: I didn't. I did. Yeah, (laughs) you did. I forgot to put it my own calendar too. I've been busy.
0: This is his excuse all the time, is he's (laughs) super busy.
1: You know how you get less busy? Stop. That's all you got to do. My OnlyFans account is really taking off. I don't know what you want me to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: well. I guess that's not a terrible thing. I mean, can't work overtime forever so that's true well i've been you know, I hear a funny story not really because your funny stories are usually involve editing no no, no. well i mean we're not going to record this but it's recording right now oh shit never mind no funny stories
1: i'll tell you afterwards okay tell <laughs> me afterwards
0: hey tyler thanks for coming on the show oh yeah no problem <laughs> no problem <laughs> Uh, yeah, we usually start out with somewhere between five minutes and 45 minutes of just... Pick on me I- or pick on Nelson. ...inane, dumbass conversation, <laughs> and then right. spend like six minutes and 30 seconds on actually what we're supposed to be <laughs> talking right. about. So
1: we have... We're professionals. Yeah. We I, can, have tell. I ten, can tell. tens of viewers. <laughs> so many singles of viewers. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I couldn't think it's of it. It's like a fat th- stripper at the end of our first show. <laughs>
0: Hence your OnlyFans account. <laughs> well,
1: oh. welcome! Oh yeah, no problem. I'm glad to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm just excited to see you again. It's just been it's been a long time. It's been a long time.
0: And I can tell you what he's thinking right now. It hasn't been long enough. Oh, True. <laughs> That's fair. All right, I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you are here?
2: Uh, Well, I'm 27 years old. Uh, You know, I, uh, I'm a police officer, and uh, last year, July 2nd, 2020, I was shot in the head and been dealing with a lot of uh, mental and physical stuff going on with me, and I'm here to ex- talk about that, and hopefully I can, you know, help some people going through similar things, and just to be able to hear my story and, and I guess, inspire people. And that's kind of the reason why I'm here. So,
1: Awesome. Walk me through, before you ever even got in the police department, what brought you into this career?
2: Uh, That's a very good question. So uh, (laughs) I don't know what the hell I was thinking. (laughs) So I was in Seattle, Washington for work. I was doing some telecommunication stuff for working for a guy that works for my dad. And uh, up there I was seeing all the the riots and everything this was the 2016 election and uh you know i was seeing law enforcement police officers getting shot and killed for some reason that drew me to the profession i don't know why but it did and uh right when i got back to kansas city i applied for uh the pd and got hired and uh have been on really ever since so
1: it's awesome yeah so how long, how long have you been on now? What, five, four or five years?
2: Nah, about, uh, let's see, I think three and a half years. Three? Yeah.
1: Okay. So one of the reasons, you know, obviously you and I ran a lot of calls before and you're always a good friend well before this, but kind of walk us through like really the day that has changed your career the rest of your life. All right. So, so it doesn't even seem that long ago.
2: Nah, it really wasn't. It's almost, almost been a year and a half. Um, so July 2nd of 2020, uh, woke up, I don't remember the incident, but from what I was told, I woke up probably, you know, I probably went to the gym like I did every day, got to work early, changed out, went into work, actually another police officer for our department got shot the same day. I remember texting my mom about it, uh, you know, thank God he's back at work full time and, uh, you know, I was talking to her about it and this is something that we have to deal with every day. And it's a possibility, but you know, we still go out there and do it. And uh, the call that my partner and I went to was a party armed with a gun, uh, waving at a McDonald's. And as we started showing up, the uh, suspect began shooting at us and took off running. And we let everyone else know in the city what he was doing. And we chased after him like any other police officer would. And he went into an industrial area and came around a corner and started shooting at us again. And it struck me just to the right of my right eye. And I fell, landed on my face. Another officer stood over me, uh, engaged the suspect, killed him. And then I was rushed to Truman Medical Center via a police car. And I've been in and out of rehab for uh, about almost a year and a half. So.
1: Outside of not doing your normal in a car on the streets, what is your daily life like now?
2: Uh, now I'm back at the uh, police academy. I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at headquarters. And uh, Thursday I'm back at the academy, and then Fridays are my day off. So today was my day off, thankfully.
1: Nice. <laughs> um, you know, what's what's kind of been the support like you've seen just from around the city, around your coworkers?
2: Uh, that's a good question. That uh, very supportive. Everyone's excited to see me whenever I come back to the station or anywhere at work. Uh, it's nice to see people. Nice to interact with people. I think the biggest thing that you know I've been dealing with has been the, uh, I guess the mental health part of it, the the me- emotional side of things. But you know when I'm around people that I like, for instance, my partner and friends and close people that I'm that I'm close with, it helps out a lot just dealing with that stress and everything else so just I mean it's been good everyone's been very supportive the city's been supportive and everything else so I really enjoy it
1: what do you like for what happened to you by all accounts you shouldn't be here yeah you know and how do you when you talk to new officers or people that are even considering this job how do you still look them in the eyes and tell them it's a great job
2: uh, that's that's hard, you know. I could be lying to him, but I truly do believe it is the best job in the world. And uh, you know, it's a tough time coming into to this profession, but it actually can be a really good time because we're needing people to step up and answer that calling and go out every day and serve their community like I did and other police officers still do. And uh, I mean, I'm not lying to him when I say it is the best job in the world, obviously, because I'm trying to get back not to the streets, but getting back to the PD in some capacity, if that's what God has in store for me. If not, then I know there's a bigger calling for me. And, uh, you know, I'm just really just feel like I'm just put on this earth by God to help people and inspire people and, you know, and everything else. So,
1: What, uh, I mean, do you sleep? Are you always looking over your shoulder now? Like, what's it?
2: No, I don't, Uh, you know, thank God. I don't remember anything that happened that day. Uh, I sleep good, besides, you know, when I stay up late and have too much caffeine or something, I can't sleep, <laughs> but uh, other than that, I sleep really good. You know, I wasn't able to, I wasn't ever able to sleep in before. Now I can sleep in a little bit. I'm usually a morning person. I get up super early, but lately lately, I've been sleeping in because I've been working a lot more than I was before, and uh, yeah, I mean, I sleep good. I have no problem doing that.
1: It's just... I just, I remember, I remember the day like it was yesterday, because I was at work that day, and yeah. we had uh, taken a patient to Truman, basically kind of at the same time we were getting there, and it just, yeah. it, uh yeah, it was, it was rough. Oh, yeah, I bet. You know, because there's that group of us that all kind of that three to five year range, all of us kind of came on together, oh, yeah. and we were all new, and we are all just kind of blubbering yeah. idiots around in uniforms, and. Oh, yeah. We're just all close, and it just—that was a hard day.
0: Yeah. I can
2: Mm -hmm. only imagine.
0: Yeah, I find it—excuse me. I find it interesting, probably not surprising, though, that you can't remember anything from the day. Yeah, You know, because the brain is a funny thing, and that type of trauma, I mean, it'll do—has— I mean, I'm sure you're seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist or someone like that. Have you talked about that with them at all about, like, why that could be like? So
2: uh, I have talked to uh, our department psychologist, and uh, she's awesome. She pretty much said, you know, it's probably not going to come back. There's a possibility that it will. But in my eyes, it's a, you know, it's a saving grace for me because if... You said you even want it to. No, if I did remember that, I'd probably have to medically retire on the spot because I probably could not go through that. So, you know, she told me it's a possibility, but, you know, as of now, it hasn't come back, and I'm thankful for that. And I think it's God's way of, you know, blinding that out from me and not overwhelming me at the time. So I'm really thankful for all that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. the brain is a funny thing, man. The things that... The way the defense mechanisms, you know, that can shield you and compartmentalize things. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, there's the bad side of that, too, where it comes out later. And it's like nothing whiskey
1: can't bring out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We don't have to talk about that. (laughs) Something I'm curious. Kind of on a daily basis, you know, our, our police department, some could say it's is or isn't supported by the city nationally you know it's pretty evident that law enforcement always has been taking a pretty good whipping lately yeah when you see that you know and you look at last year just in our city you know the riots and you see all that and you see just the hatred and then the injury you take trying to protect the city what just kind of moral conundrum does that put you in um
2: you know it's tough it's kind of hard seeing i guess everything that's been going on in the city and uh for the most part we are very well supported but the loudest people are the ones that are getting the attention f- for us for saying oh you know you know defund the police and everything else you know there's always going to be those people that do that but you know my my thing is, is you know who are they going to call when something happens they're not going to call it ghostbusters i can tell you that they're going to call the fire department they're going to call the police department and no matter what we have to show up whether you know, the citizens don't like us or they do like us, we're still gonna have to show up and treat everyone the same and go to the call and, you know, not treat anyone differently like anyone else would, so no matter what we have to show up. So
0: Yeah, I you know, my wife and I were talking about this the other day about, you know, just the kind of misconceptions and the the knowledge gap that people have whenever it comes to what police and fire and EMS actually do. Oh yeah. You know, what What do we actually do? And what are we responsible for and not responsible for? And who, you know, who does what? And what is the actual job? And I think, and we've kind of had this conversation a bunch of how Hollywood has kind of done a big disservice. And but, true. you know, people will watch a TV show and they think, okay, well, that's what being a policeman is about. Or that's what being a firefighter is about. Well, maybe a little bit and you know, like 1%. But then, ninety nine percent of it is just Hollywood to make it an interesting TV show. No, oh, yeah,
2: yeah, I would say, you know, the like on Cops, for instance, the TV show, you know, they're gonna show the craziest stuff because that's how they get views and everything else. But I'd say ninety percent of the calls we go on are nothing like what you see in movies or anything else. Most of the time, it's just helping people out and talking to people, and you know, I mean. When we get called, it's someone's worst day, but, you know, we still got to show up and treat everyone like the same, like I mentioned earlier, and in all reality, it doesn't matter, so.
0: Yeah. Well, and that is the thing. People don't see us on their best day. Yeah. It's always the worst day, whether it's they've been robbed or shot at or, you know, they're having a heart attack or they fell off a two-story roof or whatever. It's not a great day when the fire department <laughs> and the police department are showing up to places. That's true. So and I I don't know, I think that kinda skews public perception oh, a does. little bit. And you I, know I'm
1: just as guilty. I watch like Chicago Fire and I'm like, This is so <laughs> stupid. But then like I watch Chicago PD and I was like, This is awesome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, it's just those, it's those few. He, I, don't, I don't know,
2: <laughs> it's those few things that you see that are the craziest things, that are the most fun things. You know, like police chases and foot chases and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes it happens a lot. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, I've been in spurts where, you know, I'll get in a couple foot chases a night, and uh, and then I won't have one for a week or so. But you know, those are the fun parts of the job. But most of the part is. Uh, just helping people out, taking reports, responding to the calls, and really just doing everything. Blocking traffic for yeah. us
1: heroes, yeah, we get it.
2: Really doing anything the city <laughs> needs us to do. I mean, that's all. That's I mean, we're at the mercy of the city. So, you know, we do what people we're call us Paperwork. Glorified yeah, cleanup crews. That's what we are. Of, yeah. <laughs> lots of paperwork. So we have to document everything, everything. I mean, there's ever since I've been hurt, I've gotten to see a whole other side of the, the uh, police department just kind of what goes on behind the scenes and there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people have no idea about the people that do it. I mean, everyone's got a good job. Everyone's got a job. The janitors that clean up after us, uh, the staff at the police Academy, that what they do, what they go through, you know, how they train recruits is absolutely insane. There's a, you know, there's a step-by-step process they go through. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I've seen kind of the backbone of the whole police department, you know, I had to go through what I went through to be able to see that. But, its I mean, it's a good experience. I'm trying to take it for what it's worth as long as I can be able to see yeah. that.
0: Well, you're getting that wider view now. Oh, yeah. Because before, and we kind of talked about this a little bit on a past episode, you know, as a, as a firefighter or a patrol officer or whatever, you get to see this much oh, yeah. of what's going on. Yeah. And then as you move up the ranks, you get to see more and more and more. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it sucks what happened to you, but you're in a position now. I'm pulling a Rachel. Jesus, (laughs) Rachel. Smacking that thing. (laughs) You're in a position now where you're still young in your career, but you're being able to see that wider picture. It's only going to help you going forward.
2: Oh, yeah. And, you know, if if that is what, you know, God calls me to do is come back to the police department, you know, great. But if not, then, like I mentioned earlier, there's a a bigger calling for me. and, And, you know, God has a bigger calling for me. And I know no matter what I do, I'll be successful at it because I'm a hard worker, and I think everyone that knows me, even before I got hurt, knew I was a hard worker and work well with people, and, uh, you know, that's kind of what I just want my legacy to be, is the people to see me to be
1: just a, a hard bit. worker, there so you go. I mean, that's all I want. What, Uh, I mean, realistically, what does your career path look like now, medically, you know, with everything going on, like, what, what are your um, options? Uh, that's
2: a good question, so... I'm trying to figure out what I need to do to actually get back to work. They haven't really – I don't think they know because I don't think they've dealt with a situation like mine, (laughs) for for instance. So, like, they're like –
0: You mean it's not an everyday common occurrence? No, no, it's (laughs) not.
2: Thank You know, thankfully it's not. So, you know, I've been asking people, hey, you know, what do I need to do to get back? If there's, like, a test or something like that, I want to be able to know that so I can study for it. You know, not so so I can cheat or anything, but so I can study and hey, This is what I need to do to get back so I can show people what I did or what I need to do. But I don't think they know what I need to do yet. It's kind of they're just learning on the fly based on what I've been told. So I, I hope I know in the future they'll let me know. There's going to come down to there's going to come to a point where they're going to be like, hey, you know, either you can do it or you can't do it anymore. But I want to know what I have to do to get back.
1: Physically, any limitations still?
2: Uh, physically is probably the, you know, the easiest part of it, which is crazy. You would think it wouldn't be, but, uh, my left hand weakness and kind of just my left side, the right side of your brain affects your left side of your body. So just dealing with a little weakness and coordination with my left hand and stuff like that, it's getting better with therapy and stuff like that, but it's still challenging to this day. And I think people, you know, people see me for the whole person that I am. And they think I'm doing really good because they see my outside, but. You know i got a lot of stuff going on in my mind and my mind runs 100 miles an hour just like my body most of the time so
1: i mean elaborate on it like what obviously you shouldn't be here yeah but you're not you're not just here you're like you're here oh yeah physically yeah i mean you're walk. you walk down the stairs to here just like any normal person would oh yeah but also too like you kind of talked about luckily you don't have the memory of that but still like mentally what do you go through every day
2: so uh yeah that's a really good question um when I first went out to I got flown out to Denver for rehab and uh you know I'd have psychologists come up to me but hey or you you know they would talk to my mom hey you know he might be really angry blah blah and she'd be I don't see that he's not angry at all so you know, I, had, I didn't deal with that until probably the last couple months when I've been going through a lot of, you know, stuff behind the scenes with, you know, relationships and trying to get back to work and stuff like that with, you know, friends and uh, other people and stuff like that. So that was just putting a whole emotional toll on me. And uh, right now I'm focusing on myself and trying to get back to work, and I needed that to get back to work. I needed to just kind of, you know, be selfish for once. I feel like everyone needs to be selfish, but that's the hardest thing to do. Especially for me because I like helping people out and trying to stick things out when you know the going gets tough, I like to stay in it and keep keep pushing through like even like today you know uh, a couple of Tuesdays ago i had a had another seizure and I went to truman Medical center and you know i was it it sucked you know it was a six month setback, but you know it's about all the stuff i've I've been able to do not all the stuff i- can't, I'm not as good at now. And uh, actually today I went back to the same gym that I had my seizure at and I finished my workout out or finished that same workout because I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back and finish what I started. So, I mean, I really wanted to do that and just show people that I can, you know, get out there and keep doing it, keep pushing along.
1: One of the, I guess, best and worst things about firefighters, nurses, cops, is that that, that is our identity, our our sense of self-value it was, our worth is helping others oh, yeah. um if that is taken away from you are you in a spot to be able to handle that
2: yeah i've already prepared my mind uh to kind of deal with that you know thank god i went to school and got my degree and i'm sure if they said i couldn't come back to work full-time either they would find something for me on the department if i wanted to do that or i'm sure that uh someone else would offer me a job doing something else So I'm not really too worried about finding another job or doing anything else because I know I have a, I know I have a calling. I know I have a, like a, I guess like a, a, just kind of me being as a person, I I can, I know I'm destined to help people out no matter what I do. Whether it's being, you know, going, doing motivational speaking or something like that. That's kind of what I'm uh, trying to do eventually, put my name out there and everything else. So I know there's a bigger calling for me. You know, God has a purpose for me. I didn't get saved for no reason. I know there's a reason why I was saved and uh you know like you said earlier i mean it's just crazy that i'm even here to be able to come and do this i'm very thankful for that
1: i was uh when i found out who your i remember who your surgeon was he's one of my favorite people there at truman it's one yeah. of the kindest Cause, you know a lot of like cardiac guys and trauma guys are just like i'm the shit fuck yeah. off you know like yeah. and he's just oh, also always... they're
0: like paramedics <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no he's just always been super kind and When I found out he was a surgeon I was it was nice. Have you kept in contact with him afterwards? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. He's one of the coolest. Yeah. (laughs) I just I'm still just kinda in shock just to have you sitting here. Oh yeah.
0: It's awesome.
1: (laughs) But how did uh so part of your rehab in Colorado there was obviously the physical aspect. Did were they was there as much of a mental aspect? Was it kind of equal or was one uh, no, more No, most other? of
2: it was physical because I was still in a wheelchair. Like I was in a wheelchair when I got to Denver. I mean, I had to relearn how to do everything, you know, relearn how to, to do everything that people take for granted that they've been doing for, like I, that I was doing for 26 plus years, you know. Uh, walk, you know, talk. I wasn't talking much when I went out there to eat, to put my clothes on, to take in a shower, to brush my teeth. I mean, literally I could go down the list and it'd be an hour long. I mean, it it sucks. Life sucks. I mean, I am not gonna lie; life does suck. But you know, it's uh, it's crazy. You know, where life takes you, and just through the ups and downs and thing and things, and just kind of the people that God puts in your life, and you know, they're they're there for a reason. You know, it's not a it's not a uh, you know it's not a, not a surprise that I, I met. You and your your friend and everything else, and you know that we're able to come here and talk today. He, there's a purpose for it. He's not my friend. Okay, well, yeah, coworker, yeah. Or whatever it is. Okay, yep. So you know, there's no, <laughs> there's not a, it's not a mistake that I'm here talking to both you guys. So you know, there was a purpose for this, and I'm excited to see what that's going to be.
1: We had your old major on.
2: Oh yeah, <clears throat> the governor.
1: We've had him on a couple times, and he's actually, <laughs> I. I'd have him on every episode if I could. I love him. Oh,
2: yeah, so do I. He's like a second dad to me.
1: And it was one of the hardest things. So his his brother works on the job as well. Yeah. They were they were probably two of our best guests so far, just because ha- the perspective on a lot of things. You know, his brother was a fire captain, has fought cancer, Oh yeah. had his daughter die as an infant. Yeah. And it was interesting, you know, talking to about doug's perspective of everything darren went through but then it was just as equally interesting i remember he was talking about when you got shot oh yeah and you know just him saying talking about running down the driveway and crying the whole way to the hospital and then just flipping a switch when he got there yeah and it just it was interesting because we were doing some episodes on leadership and it's been interesting having cops on the show and just kind of hearing the line story you know the line version of it the frontline version and just Some of the emotions and anger and happiness and everything they go through. And he goes through it too. Oh, yeah. He just has to put on a different face.
2: He's human just like everyone else is. And, uh, you know, he's a leader, and he still is to this day. And I know it affected him, but like I said, he's like a second dad to me, and I look up to him, and I know he, you know, it's funny because if I don't talk to him for a couple weeks, he'll randomly call me, just like he did, like, you know, maybe three or four weeks ago, he's like, He's like, yeah. I used to have a friend that you know that that has this number. I haven't heard from him in a while. Said, so, oh yeah, sorry about that. I'm busy. <laughs> but, I mean, just stuff like that. He's quietly throwing shade. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he I mean he checks up on me just like you know our chief does and everything else. So it's nice to see that people still, I guess, you know, care and look up to me and stuff like that. So he's he's an amazing guy. He's going to do great things in his life. And you know, he's just like a normal person, just like everyone else, just like the chief is. He's you know he's got kids and emotions and everything else you know it affects him and you know I think some people some people see him and you know obviously I'm not going to get I'm not going to get into that but you know some people think he's fake or whatever he might be but you know he's a true true really good person I know him on a personal level and I, I you know I thank God that I'm able to he's even to be able to be you know in my life
1: I just uh, I the sense we got from having him here you like we we met him through his brother and yeah I've got him maintain communication with him every once in a while. He's just a great dude. And I just, oh, yeah. you want to hold this leadership full of hymns. Like, oh yeah. I wish we could. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I
2: yeah. wish, I wish he wouldn't ever retire, but I know he has. So you got to enjoy life. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm excited for that opportunity whenever he chooses to retire, but I'm also going to be sad at the same time because it's going to kind of stink, but you know, that's part of life. People come and go and you know, you gain as much as you can from them at the time. And you cherish those moments, just like, you know, relationships with anyone you have—girlfriends, whatever you might have. You you take the good parts, and you, if it wasn't good at the end, you learn from it, and you make yourself a better person on every single th- interaction you have with them. And I'm thankful for when he does retire that I had a lot of good interactions with him, and I guarantee I'll still keep in touch with them.
1: I I just struggle seeing him re- to retire.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> I Getty. can see him <laughs>
1: just picking. St- Back it right up somewhere
2: else. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think he, after all the stuff he's been through, I don't think, he, I think he's done completely with law enforcement. I personally do, but I, I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, I have
1: no idea. He just, it just seems like that's him. Like, yeah. he is a cop. He's a yeah. cop's cop. Oh, he <laughs> like, is. Yeah, but everybody's got to retire. You can't
0: do these jobs forever, man. No. Eventually, it's time to, to step aside and let the next generation come in. And hopefully, you have instilled enough good values in them that they'll be able to carry on. And they will. I mean that's the thing, you know, we always talk about, oh, these new kids, oh, what are we gonna do with them? Yeah, well I guess did. what? They I said did. the same crap about us. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was gonna say
2: I do that I do that too on our department, you know. I'm like, Oh man, you know, these guys are worthless, you know, they just got out of the academy, they're new, they can't do anything, whatever it might be, but when it comes down to it, you know, they're our brothers and sisters just like anyone else and you know, they could be a possibility they would have to, you know, be there to save our life. So
0: Yeah. Ultimately it is our responsibility to train those people up. Oh, yeah. You know? You gotta be good role models. Yeah. Set a good example. And I mean, every organization, regardless police department, fire department, just regular corporate business, you need leadership at every level. Oh, yeah. It can't just be one guy at the top and then everybody just marching along following. You're not gonna get anywhere that way. You're gonna walk in a fucking circle.
2: Yeah, you gotta lead from the front. So. Yeah.
1: And that's what that and that sums him up so much. Like, he's not a boss. He's a leader.
2: Oh, he is a leader. Yeah.
1: You know, and it's, it seems like those are harder and harder to find nowadays.
2: Yeah, and, you know, once you get—I I, I hate politics. There's so much gossip and everything else going on with politics. You know, I hate it. And most of the time, there's nothing you can even do to change it. So people get so caught up in everything going on in the world and everything, and— uh, you know, I wish I could change it, but I can't. There's nothing I can do. I feel like once you get into the position that you know Rick is in, you get into you have to get into politics with you know the city and everything else going on. So, you know, that's unfo- That's the unfortunate part of being in that position. But I'm sure he wouldn't change it for the world, even though he's been through a lot this past four and a half, five years. He's <laughs> been
1: through the fucking ringer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. What um your friends, your family, girlfriend, if you have one that, that aren't in law enforcement, how do you like, how do you, how did you calm them through all this?
2: Uh, that's a good question. So, you know, my dad, my dad, I think by curiously lives through me to an extent, you know, he loves to hear all the stories that I went through and what I've seen and what I've done and everything else. And if he was here, I'd, I'd, I'd joke with him, but he, you know, he used to tell me he used to be a Navy SEAL and I used to calm out and, uh, He he was not a Navy SEAL, but But just stuff like that. Uh, You know, my mom gets really passionate when she hears stuff on the news and uh, stuff about you know the chief and stuff like that going on in this in the city and everything else. Um, You know, my my previous girlfriend. You know, I'm thankful for her, but you know, just people. Some people just don't understand what we do and the reason why we do it. And uh, I wish they did. I wish they got you know. The pe- it's it's easy to sit there and armchair quarterback people on what they do and what they can't do. But you know, I would really invite them to come out and you know do ride right along, see what we do. You know, if you if you if you're so easy to be able to tell us what we should and shouldn't do, then why don't you go out and apply and do the job? And I guarantee you would be like, oh man, I can't do this.
1: That's what's and the hard thing is like. Even a ride along won't really solve it. You just don't know unless you do it day oh, in and yeah. day out. Yeah, for your it's hard to like people can live vicariously through us. We can tell them all the stories, all the TV shows, all like all the podcasts we make. And until you do it, until you smell the smells, feel the feels, you just don't get it.
2: I don't think anyone does. And you know that's why I'm you know thankful that even if it doesn't work out for me to come back to work that you know, that I had this opportunity to be able to do this job because I still do feel like this is the best job in the world. I'm sure that's how you guys feel, too. I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Yeah, except our job is actually the best job in
2: the world. Oh, yeah. Well, we're not going to get into that. So.
0: Oh, no, this is a red team, blue team thing.
2: Well, Well, if that's the case, then who has to clear the scene before you guys come in? See, that's just smart on our part. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah, you're a canary, so thanks. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead and let a uh, fire know mm-hmm. that the scene's safe. They can come in.
1: Yeah. See. See, the reason you yeah. are here is the reason we don't go in first. All We're right. not stupid. All <laughs> <right>. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh, that looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> you good? <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be over here.
2: <laughs> nah, that's all
1: right. I nah. guess. Would you be willing? You know those like little golf carts to hand out the tickets? Would you do that? Probably not. I I couldn't do it either. No. <laughs> it's like a it's like a three-wheeled golf cart. It's not even like a normal golf cart. Yeah, I would not. It's it, it like a little mini Pope mobile. <laughs> 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 hand out tickets. Well, I mean, you know,
0: does it have spinning rims on it? Uh, no. No?
1: That'd
2: be kind of no, cool. Tires. I'll say ride it through the area I work and I guarantee people love that. It does have mm-hmm. heat,
1: though. I did ask about Ooh. that one day. It does have heat. It's not that'd air conditioning. It nice. really has heat. Well, I mean, who needs air conditioning? (laughs) Just get going fast enough. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't think you'd make a good meter maid. I wouldn't. Uh, No. I wouldn't. I'd get in trouble. Realistically, if if you do not come back to the field in a law enforcement officer role, what what would you want to do in the department if you had your choice?
2: Uh, That's a good question. Uh, You know, I'd like to go to teach at the police academy. You know, and it's funny because... Uh, that's something that when I was going through the academy, oh, I'll do this at the end of my career. Uh, you know, that's, that wasn't the hand I was dealt, you know, unfortunately, but you know, stuff changes, you know, life changes. You, you can never plan a perfect life out for you. It, it comes in waves and it comes in, you know, hills and valleys and, uh, you just kind of have to go with the flow. And if something happens to you, you kind of got to, I mean, life's all about adapting, you know, something like something could happen to me and, You know, I can sit there and be upset about it, or I can change it and move on and get get stronger from it, get better from it. So that's kind of what I want to do. I want to be able to teach the 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 next generation how to be a police officer and why this job is the best in the world because I still think it is. So if I'm if you know if I got the pleasure to be able to do that, that'd be amazing. If not, then I'm sure that could be a motivational speaker or, or find another job. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into anything else. But I've actually been offered a job doing something else, but, you know, that's that's not what I'm focused on right now. My focus is trying to get back to work full-time, and, you know, if I'm going to let the department make that decision when the time comes and be like, hey, you know, you can't make it back, but we have a job for you, and then I'll be like, okay, I'll take it, or I might not. I might do something else.
1: I don't know yet. i laugh at some meter, man. He's going to be like, that son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I was going to say, I'd probably, I, 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 would pro- I would probably quit if that happened. So, yeah. <laughs> Who put you up to this? Huh? Some guy named Moran? <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll wait for his application to come through at the fire department. All right, we'll be like, ha, ha, "Look, you finally made a good choice." I actually, I
2: actually got a buddy that works for you guys. Or a guy that no, I guess he's not like a super good friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it, nice one. Well, okay then, damn.
2: I wasn't even talking about you; I was talking uh, about someone else.
0: Aw, <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? I mean, the value of teaching the next generation, like we talked about. I mean, that can be a huge impact. Oh yeah,
2: so. And I'm up you know I'm up at the academy right now like I said and there was a class that just graduated and just just them being like hey you know you really inspired me to you know want to be the best person I can and everything else like you know being able to tell them the experiences that I've been through that they're gonna go through as well you know hopefully they don't get you know shot in the head like me but you know it's a possibility I just tell them you know you just kind of gotta take the training and, you know, work as hard as you can and just remember that there's more to this job than just the job because I feel like so many, I mean, you see it, I've seen it, you know, police officers be on for 30-plus years, and then they, once they retire, they die within, like, 10 years because that's all that they know. And they don't do anything else besides be a police officer. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sucked that I've been off for this long, but it's also kind of been good because I've been able to see you know that you know this whole world isn't just about being a police officer. You know there's so much more to it. I met a lot of good people uh, through church and you know everything else. So it's it's been really good for me to be able to see that there's something else rather than law enforcement. So
1: and we've talked about that a lot. And it's mm-hmm. it's even something I've admitted. I've kind of I am worried about retirement health twenty years from now because I just yeah. I love my job. I'm happy with what I'm doing. It, oh, it yeah. works. It's a routine. It's a lifestyle. You know, just the, a bit, the desire to help. You know, I don't know if that's ever going to go. I don't well, think it ever goes away I from anybody. It, I don't think it will. But yeah. but you, you know, can't just,
0: wrap your whole identity up. Yeah. On, and I think that's where people start to get in trouble, especially with the on the mental health aspect of it, is they are so involved in. I am a cop. Or, I am a firefighter. Well, yeah, you are, but you're also like you've said, a husband, a father, oh, yeah. a brother a son, you know, you're all of those things. And if you throw all of that other stuff to the side, well for him,
2: he might be a wife too, but we don't know.
0: Well, yeah. I like it.
2: Oh, okay. I like
0: (laughs) it.
1: Okay. That's cool. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, you throw all that stuff to the side and then that's whenever, you know, you really start having those problems, Oh yeah. you know, and we, we see it every day. I mean, I know I'm, sure you probably know police officers that are the same way where it's all about the job 24 yeah, I, 7
2: yeah i feel like there's a you know a kind of a stigma to mental health and the are both of our professions that people don't want to address it because they feel like we're, we're not oh i'm too manly to be able to you know admit that i'm going through emotional stuff and everything else but you know it is real and it is true and i've been dealing with it and i deal with it every day it's getting better with medication and talking to people, but you know, it really does suck because I never thought I would deal with this. I've always been a very mentally strong person throughout my whole life until these past maybe like three or four months. And it's all kind of like coming on me at once. Like it's like a whole bricks been thrown on me at one time, but
0: that's usually how it works. Oh yeah. Because typically it was probably building up before then.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. It was.
0: And, but the mentality of people that go into our professions is the, I have this, Mm -hmm. I'm the helper, I don't need help. Yeah, exactly. And we just ignore and override, ignore and override, ignore and override until it's so big that we can't ignore it anymore.
2: Yeah, I feel like it takes more of a man to be able to admit that they're going through, you know, emotional stuff than just bottled up and be like, hey, you know, I'm good. You know, even talking to my friends, like, you know, I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm going through relationship stuff or emotional stuff or whatever it might be. But, you know, most of the people I talk to understand somewhat understand but most i mean most people don't you know i mean i'm not gonna sit here and say oh you know you never been shot in the head you don't understand yes they probably haven't been but you know for, just for them to be able to understand uh, a little bit of the emotional side of things would be amazing but just some people will never understand what i've ever been through. actually probably not many people will ever understand what i've been through but
1: you know we you kind of brought up a point and it's something i haven't really even talked with you about yet but the idea of like oh we're too big and strong to worry about mental health blah 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 something I've I've always kind of thought and I've, I've been aware of it more the last month it's been probably what a month since I've been back from Arizona and Mexico yeah so heard I took about that. took a couple weeks off took the bike down to yeah. Arizona and Mexico I had a blast oh, I bet um I think also finding the time to be aware of it is just as important as like a admitting there's a problem then b finding the time to address the problem yeah mm-hmm. and you know, with us, like working 24-hour shifts, you pick up an overtime shift, it's 48 hours, you know, you're away from home, mm-hmm. you're just, you're on high anxiety, the bell goes off any minute. It just, for me, it was finding the time to just kind of, if anything, at a basis, basic level, just self-reflect.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: And I, I noticed it, I've noticed it just in the past month. I'm like, hi, how you doing? Again it, again, it worked just because...
0: Well, I'm going to tell you this, James, and... You know, maybe it won't work for you. Maybe it will. I don't know. But you don't really have to find the time. The time is there. It's make, always there. Make the time. Like, yeah. yeah. But a lot of people have this idea that, oh, well, I'm, I need to set aside this, like, two-hour block. It No. It could be as little as five minutes. are well, you're taking a shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's funny it, as it is. It, <laughs> I you know? mean... Yeah, it's, it could be that time. You're purging your bowels. You can purge your mind at the same time. But take five minutes off of TikTok and, and self-reflect. I know that's going to be you have a problem. I'm just going to tell you that. I love TikTok.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, like, I, I mean, I've talked about God so much during this. But, you know, that's big, that's been the biggest thing for me is my faith during this whole time. Because in, in my eyes, that's kind of what's gotten me through. You know, I was saved for a reason. And uh, I like to sit, I like to wake up and every day in the morning, and I have this uh, book. It's called Jesus Calling, and it has a like a, a story every day uh, of of the whole year. I like reading that every day and just kind of reflecting on uh, things in my life and everything. Just thinking. I mean, I think. I mean, I thank God for everything. You know, being able to walk, being able to talk, everything else. And I feel like, like I mentioned earlier, people take the littlest stuff in life for granted, and then they see someone that's going through you know, that has no legs or whatever it might be. Like, tomorrow I'm going to some uh, adaptive workout, and uh, it, you you flip a coin, you draw a coin, and it tells you you have no arms, you have no legs. Oh. So, so you have to work out, like, with no arms or no legs or whatever it might be. You have to do it. So, you know, I like being able to, because I mean, I've seen, when I was in uh, Denver for rehab, I, I saw people, like, a lot worse than me. You know, and I'm thankful. And that's
1: crazy. <laughs> like, that's, that's what's crazy, too. Like, you were shot in the head. And there's worse than you. Oh, I mean, there's
2: people that are going to be in wheelchairs their whole life. Yeah. At least I'm able to walk. So,
0: well, and I think that's a really important mindset for recovery. Oh yeah, is being able to celebrate those victories. Oh yeah, the you know because it is like you said, it's the small things, the yeah. things that you take for granted. Of, hey, you know what? I was able to buckle my own belt today. Yeah, I could put my socks on today. I could put my shoes on today.
1: I, str- right? I struggle with that. and I haven't been shot. That's <laughs> just because you're fat. You're <laughs> <We're> not wrong.
0: <laughs> like I told you earlier, stop me when I'm lying.
2: <laughs> now, even, <laughs> even tying my shoes, that was uh, that was one of the biggest victories for me uh, when I was in rehab. Being able because my mom would sit over there and I put my shoes on and I bet I can't do this. And she said she, she would say, "You're you can do it. You're just not as good at it right now." You just have to work it, keep working at it. So you know, eventually, I'm, I mean, I can tie my shoes every day now. It's still kind of, I'm not as fast at it, but you know, who cares? If it takes me five minutes, you know, whatever. At least I can get it done. And even putting my shirt on, putting my, you know, my, you know, putting my buttons on my shirt and everything, and you know, I mean, that's a victory for me every day. Waking up's every victory every day to me. You know, I could care less.
1: Uh, and I like that you are so aware of your faith as well, because science says you should be dead. Yeah. So when science says that, why are you here?
2: Uh, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, yeah. if not for God. And, that, and that's what uh, I spoke at some women's and law enforcement thing last Friday. And, you know, I showed I have a little video that uh, church made me. And, you know, after watching the video.
1: I loved that video, by the way. Yeah.
2: So after watching the video, you know, I was like, if you don't believe in God, I don't know how you after watching this video, I don't know how you can't believe in God. Because there are miracles. And I truly believe I was a miracle. Not just saying that to say it, but I truly believe I am. And, you know, just talking to all them and telling them what I've been through and everything else. And uh, at the end, I, I like it to be interactive. So I'm like, hey, you know, if you guys have any questions, feel free to raise your hand. So it was good on that part where we got to talk. And, you know, one of the girls that was there said I need to be sponsored by Kleenex because everyone was crying and everything. And I was like, <laughs> like oh, man, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. I might try to do that. So, But, no, you know, just stuff like that. And, you know, my department's making me a video. Another one, which is going to be more powerful because it's going to be like interviews of, uh, you know, my major at the time, Doug, my partner, uh, the chief, and, you know, just people that were involved in everything. That's going to be more powerful. Doctors interviews, stuff like that. So,
1: I'd reach out to, like, the bullet manufacturer, too. Like, hey, your rounds are shit. Still here. (laughs) Still in my head. (laughs) Oh, true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, shit. Yeah.
0: They just said, yeah, we're not going to. You yeah. leave that one alone. I, I, I th-
1: guarantee you, the first thing that happened when he got wheeled into the ER, unresponsive with a bullet in his head, was somebody said, "Does he have a tetanus shot?" <laughs> guarantee <laughs> it. Guarantee every ER nurse watching that gonna be like, "Yeah, shit, we probably did that." So, That's
0: did right. they tell you why they haven't removed it? Is it because it would cause more damage, or I think
2: so. From what I've been told, a little bit. I may I could be wrong, but I think the impact it made wasn't super detrimental besides i mean almost killing me but (laughs) i mean so
0: yeah i mean it's just so you know
2: so the the shot went in and fractured my skull in three places so i have i think three plates and 12 metal screws in my head and uh i think what it was is it it, there was no reason to take it out because it wasn't you know detrimentally affecting everything so they're just going to keep it in i just can't have mris the rest of my life which i don't really care about so
0: well yeah that's
2: a quick it... way to get it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, who knows where yeah. it might come out too?
1: Yeah. Dang, oh shit. Is it moved at all? I don't think so. So, where is it now?
2: uh It's kind of in the middle of my head somewhere, like somewhere in here. I have no idea. <laughs> but I have
1: no idea. That's crazy.
2: I mean, I mean it's kind of a cool story. You know, yeah, that's uh, true. Hey, you know mm. what? Uh, you know how? Hello, my name is uh Tyler Moss, and I have a bolt in my head. How are you doing? Just, I mean, just, I mean, just being able to people to tell that, like, what the heck, What did this guy go? That's through? That's
1: the ultimate like scar story. Yeah. Like, hey, where'd you get that? Got shot in the head. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still standing. <laughs> What's up? What's up, baby? <laughs> <laughs> that's when he said he did the women in law enforcement. I was like, that's like shooting a fish in a barrel. <laughs> that's not even fair. <laughs> nah, I would. I, I can. I can
2: never date another police officer, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I just couldn't. It's just. I mean, it's just someone that you work with. I just don't. Oh, fair. Fine. I mean, there's attractive. There's lots of that suburban
1: work. cops around here.
2: Yeah, there is. Yeah,
1: you can go out and venture out in the suburbs. Yeah, I just I just don't.
2: I, I'm <laughs> not trying to have a relationship for a long time. Honestly, had you know, I know you never know where God's gonna, you know, what people are gonna come in your life. But at this time, right now, I'm just focusing on myself. I don't want anyone else for a while. You know, I, I say that, but I don't know who's gonna be the next person gonna come along, but i'm gonna work on myself as long as i can and make myself the best person i can before i want to before i give myself out to someone else
1: that's literally the best way to go about it too oh yeah it's because all all you're going to do now is just take something fractured and fuck it up oh yeah like
2: plus it can be on my terms and uh when i say that i mean like you know i could be like hey you know These are some of the limitations I have. You know, that's what I'm going through. You know, you either can accept it or not. And if you don't accept it, then we're just not going to be in a relationship. We're not going to talk. So at least it can be on my terms.
1: Yeah. Like you're going to have to tie my shoes every day. Yeah, I wouldn't (laughs) do that. But but stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you're saving yourself a whole lot of headache, no pun intended. That's true. No, that's true. Wow. What? He's got a bullet in his head
0: so? You don't have to point it out.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I can't see it.
0: <laughs> <sighs> wrong, Moran. What? He's just so wrong.
1: What? He he was coming on a show with two firefighters. I don't care what happened to him. He's still what? standing. He is back open for jokes. I'm good with that.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, I expect your A game, and that was yeah, C plus at best. Okay. <laughs> Hey, I've I've been holding back a little bit. <laughs> I uh, ain't seen
1: you in like two weeks either.
0: I know. <laughs> I've been busy.
1: Oh, okay, that's what you always say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sitting on my couch, waiting for my phone to ring. <laughs> it hasn't.
1: Have you? Uh, have you kept up with your partner from that day?
2: Oh yeah, that's yeah. It. We were, you know, we were in a. He, I was in his wedding, and yeah, we still talk at, once a week or so. We're in a group text together with everyone at work and you know we like to give people a hard time and that's fun i have to mute myself from that uh from that message group because it's just constant all day all day long and you know i'll look at it and then i'll look at it once a day it'll be like 150 messages oh, so most of the time i just delete it and just start over I don't, I don't feel like <laughs> looking at it it's just a bunch of drama i don't want to look at that i don't need that in my life that's right
0: yeah we have a group text for the podcast oh, and really? it, yeah it's just me and the other guy and he never chimes in. Even though you ask him a direct question, still never responds to a group text.
1: I, they get old. Yeah, they, they, they just Because if you miss it for like a couple hours, you're like, oh, let me scroll for an hour to see where I missed off. Yep. Just, I hate it.
2: Oh, I do too. <laughs>
0: it's always an excuse with you, James. That's fair.
1: <laughs> see, if I was him, mm-hmm. I'd be terrible. Because I'd be like, sorry, can't do that. I got shot in the head. Nope, can't do that either. Got shot in the head sorry got shot in the head can't do that <laughs> like. yeah I, you,
2: you know what and it technically is an excuse but i don't like to use excuses i like to uh you know be the person that's people see that there's going to persevere and be like not hold up oh, hey you know what i can't do that because i got shot or i can't do this no i want to be the person that can do it there's this guy that i look up to and you know he was on i think he had a netflix uh video and it was uh, his name's chris norton I don't know if you've heard of him, but it was a Chris Norton. It was like seven yard or something like that on Netflix. But, you know, this guy had a uh, spinal cord injury after a football game and just he's a motivational speaker now and just hearing his attitude and everything else. And I'm like, I want to be like that guy because, you know, he said they gave me a 99 percent chance to not walk. And he's still in a wheelchair, but he can like somewhat walk with assistance. But he, you know, his attitude was like, so you're saying there's still one percent chance. And, you know, that's that's what I want to live like, too.
1: There was a friend of mine I played football with in college. He was our quarterback and uh, had a real bad weightlifting accident. Had some weight coming. Fell, came down, yeah. and broke his back. And, God, that was 2010, 2011, 10-plus so years oh, ago. Wow. And um, he's still in a wheelchair, but played wheelchair basketball at Mizzou. And that's awesome. On the um, Paralympics team, and he just – he kicks ass. Like, yeah, that's awesome. He's got smoking wife, and I'm just like, that's <laughs> the way to go. Oh, yeah. Like, he just...
0: Well, dude, I mean, ultimately, it boils down to your personality and, you know, your values. Yeah. So uh, some people will look as something like that. They look at obstacles as a reason not to do things or an excuse. Yeah. And then some people, you know, they you have an obstacle put in front of you, and you're like, okay, I'm I I'm see the challenge. I'm yeah. going to meet it.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And, you know think that's probably the best way to go through life yeah
2: <laughs> you know I wish I had life figured out but no one does and uh you know just being able to talk to certain people like my dad and uh you know people that you know Doug and stuff like that have been on for a while just be able to get their perspective on life and kind of that's I feel like that's kind of how life works you know you 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 see someone talk about something and you grab a little bit from them, and then someone else says, you know, something else, and then you kind of grab it and you kind of mold it into exactly what how you feel and what your beliefs are on certain stuff. So that's kind of what I've been doing for, to, for life in general.
1: What, uh, any new hobbies you've picked up since?
2: Uh, no, uh, <laughs> so it's kind of funny because I'm sure that if my uh, doctor psychologist listen. will listen to this, she's going to be like, oh, I want you to, you know, whittle or, I can't remember what she said, but, like, <laughs> you use your left hand and do some, like, wood carving and stuff, and I'm sure she, if she listens, eventually she'll listen to this and probably laugh, but uh, maybe, maybe I'll get into that, Jenny, eventually, so, uh, you know, just, I don't know, I like working out, I like, you know, staying fit, everything else, I'm at a point now where I'm trying to put everything really good in my body because... You know, to be honest, I don't know how long I'm going to live. You know, I still have a bolt in my head, like I said. I mean, I could live. I could die tomorrow for all I know. So I take one day at a time, and I appreciate the days that I have. And, and, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, with me having that seizure a couple weeks back, and, you know, that could have been a very depressing time. And uh, I was at the hospital, and Mom's like, I've never seen you like that. Like, just because I was so amped up. The first seizure I had, I was the complete opposite, where I was, like, super, like, you know down and or not maybe not down but just kind of lethargic yeah lethargic and this time i don't know if it was a, the pre-workout or whatever i was on but
1: <laughs> I, was, I, was, I,
2: was, I was super I was a little andro bull
1: rush <laughs> yeah. or something i was super
2: amped up and you know i was just happy i mean it sucked what happened but you know i was gonna so we'll start down.
1: giving them my seizure patients in the field like here take some pre-workout yeah <laughs> Nitroflex, that's the shit (laughs) no it was
2: funny because so you know thankful you know thank god when i had a seizure it was uh i was mid squat on my last set and this is no joke and i was coming up i started feeling weird and i just like dropped and fell on the left side of my head luckily it wasn't the right side of my head so on the left side of my head and uh you know i remember i I legit had an out-of-body experience and i'm not kidding so i remember having i remember feeling the seizure i remember people you know coming up behind me and saying a bunch of stuff and uh, I don't. I don't remember getting flipped over on my side, but apparently there was a male nurse there. Thank God, that was able to do that. Knew what to do, and uh, I remember hearing people say, "Hey, get the AED and stuff like that." And I remember my dad being there, and uh, he was like, "No, he's like, he he got shot in the head. Like, we're not going to do that. You know, like he's coming out of it and everything else, which I was coming out of at the time. But you know, I felt like I like came out of my body and I saw everyone looking around, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to die from a seizure if I didn't die from getting shot in the head. That's literally what I thought. I was like, there's no way that's going to happen. So I came back in. I was like, man. I was like, that was insane. I, I legit had an out-of-body experience. Like, I don't I can't explain why. I just felt like I wasn't meant to die that day, obviously, just like I wasn't meant to die when I got shot in the head on July 2nd of 2020, and uh, it's just crazy. So, I mean.
1: It's going to be one of the dumbest things to take you out one day, too. Like, it'd be like survive getting shot in the head knocked off a cliff by a bird like something <laughs> stupid that just like i hope not i hope i live for a long time yeah. but you never know why,
0: why would you put that out there it,
1: it's probably gonna be years and years from now but still it's just gonna be like all the things he survived and then it's like you know what i'm just not gonna go to anywhere with there's mountains <laughs> yeah so i don't fair. have to worry about that i was almost expecting you to when i said new hobby like oh i do extreme mountain biking now no. like, it's of course he does yeah
2: <laughs> now no, wingsuit yeah. face jumping yeah and no, i don't do anything that kind of puts myself in a situation where I can get hurt. I mean, I still don't care. Like I'm for the most part, I have no fear, but you know, like I, I used to do much stuff when I was, before I got shot, you know, skydiving and stuff like that. And now I'm just kind of, eh, maybe I don't want to do that anymore.
1: <laughs> I mean, I still would, but you know, I feel like getting shots, the pinnacle of adrenaline. Yeah, like. I think so. Well, I don't, I don't remember anything, but I'm sure it that was at yeah. the time, but
2: just, you know, yeah. I'm and that's the thing is, a, you know, life's too short and I'm not going to not do stuff because of, what i've been through you know i still want to do stuff that people you know want to do like i still want to go out and you know do the craziest things i want to go hiking i want to do stuff like that but i'm not going to hold myself back because of what i've been through that's 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 an excuse and i don't take excuses
1: we'll get you a helmet and i'll both sign it
2: (laughs) no it's actually (laughs) that's actually funny because uh i had a couple people in my department and my previous girlfriend because she was supportive by me going back to work and she's like, hey, can you wear a helmet for everything you can do? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I I don't think that's going to work out. I was like, I'm not going to wear a helmet on every single call I go on. (laughs) Regardless, it didn't save me, it wouldn't save me from getting shot in the face anyway because it happened right to the right of my right eye. So
0: theoretically, that wouldn't happen. Well, the full face shield, like plastic, they're <laughs> right
2: probably even worse.
1: No, the we'll get him one the of the EOD, guys. EOD suits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I'm gonna wear that. When Just it's a whole, go when it's waddling a whole, up on calls <laughs> yeah, when it's a hundred degrees. I am going to wear that. Oh, yeah, man, it sounds like a great time.
1: It's a great weight loss program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Seeing a foot chasing that, <laughs> and Moran then, could get away from you <laughs> then. <laughs> hey,
2: but then when you catch him, then you could sit there and bet. Hey, you know, you got you got caught by some dude in an EOD suit. You know what do you what do you have to say about that? And then they they have nothing to say. They can't yeah. say anything.
1: That's not feel Like if if I got pulled over with you like in a helmet, like huh. like hey, license registration, like no, what are you gonna do? Like you're in a helmet. <laughs> like I'm not taking you seriously now. <laughs> I take the helmet off and hit him in the head. <laughs> yeah, <again. I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> Did you discharge your weapon? No, I discharged my fucking helmet. <laughs> <laughs> God. Damn it, Tyler! <laughs> <laughs> Got Tyler's fifth excessive use of force with his helmet this week. <laughs> I actually haven't had
2: one excessive use of force. That's because you haven't had a helmet. That's yeah, true. That, that, yeah. that is
1: true. It's real convenient to just. Oh bump, yeah. Boom. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, have you been back? Have you been back by that McDonald's?
2: Yeah, multiple times. Did yeah, not it, I, I it bother you at all? No. So I went back where it happened to. I I remember uh, my mom and I were, my mom, my dad, and uh, my That's sister. That's not just an area you just go cruising through either. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not. But we went by there because we went the back way to uh, the Royals game over the summer. And uh, we drove by actually where I got shot. And I was like, hey, I was like, you want to stop by there? And they're like, uh, no. Just because I don't, I don't really care. I want to stop by there and like walk around. Sounds weird, but I did. I wanna remember Curious, I want to conquer my fears because I'm not going to let... And you know, for me, I feel like being a Christian is forgiving. And yeah, you know, I don't know the dude that shot me, and I don't really care who he is. But you know, I forgive him. You know, he's probably had mental health problems or whatever he might have. But you know, he probably didn't know what he was doing. He's probably high on drugs, wherever it might be. But you know, in all reality, it I'm not gonna let him get the best of me because he's in deep. He's a thousand feet under the ground. And I'm still above him, and uh, you know, I can sit up and smile, and he can't because he's dead. And that's just kind of the way I feel about it.
1: So I'll ask you this, and this is probably a hard question. Are you more at peace, more mentally strong, more mentally sound, knowing he's dead? Like, if you had to go through a trial and go through everything else, Uh,
2: how would you feel? So, I'm kind... I hate to wish anyone that it dies but you know I feel like if you shoot a police officer you don't deserve to be living and I'm just being honest yeah. like you don't so I'm thankful that he is because I do not want to go through trial and deal with him I feel like I would be more mentally messed up if I had to face him because I'd probably be really mad mm-hmm. and be like hey you know this is what you did to me and blah blah I don't have to worry about that because I know officers when I was in the Denver for rehab I mean there was officers there that got shot and the guy didn't die that shot him and they got to deal with going to court and everything else with them and then if they plead mentally insane, then they can't incompetent for trial, then they can't go to trial, which is a bunch of BS in my opinion, yeah. because they're they're mentally not insane because they knew what they were doing that day. So they, th- those officers have to deal with that. I'm thankfully I don't have to deal with that.
1: Yeah, that's I, that's what I wondered, and I know it's a it seems shitty to clearly wish somebody dead, but at the same time, it's a whole lot of stuff you don't have to go through now. No, yeah, I don't want to deal with that. So you know, I'm thankful for that part. And knowing the way our system is set up, too, it's it probably wouldn't have even been the outcome you wanted. No, he probably would have gotten like a month. Yeah. We're going to need you to go clean up the blood about <laughs> that. Thanks.
2: <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, it, it, it is what it is. You know, he deserved what he got. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And, you know, I, I'm reading this book. It's called, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, Phil Hopper wrote it. And uh, he's a pastor and at Abundant Life. They're the ones that showed my video. And he calls it, you know, putting on the full armor of God. And uh, I feel like that's what I put on every day. I strap myself in. I'm ready for the day. I'm ready to conquer, you know, whatever whatever anyone brings me, whatever the devil is trying to get after me and everything else. And, uh, you know, I have, I'm fully equipped for anything that comes at me now. Because I feel like what I've been through, I can, you know, what I've been through, I feel like I can conquer anything now. To an extent. So, you know, no one can get the best of me is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have, in your career, you have reached the summit of bad shit that could happen. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, luckily, I'm glad you're here. All right, so am I. Yeah, so am I. (laughs) But at the same time, too, like, it just for the same reason, too, that the guy that shot you is not here and, and there's peace of mind in that it's yeah. for your family. There's peace of mind that you are here.
2: Oh yeah. And I think that's what,
1: cause very like, like, and so often we see it's vice versa. Yeah. The guy that does the shooting is still alive and the cop is dead.
2: Oh yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, I, I have a closer relationship with one God, one friends, one, my parents, just from what I've been through. Uh, you know, my parents and I were always super close, but we've become a lot closer now after this. And uh, I think they're just happy for me to even be able to be here and be able to, you know, like I had a seizure, like I mentioned a couple times during this a couple weeks back and I can't drive for six months. And I think, I necessarily don't think they care because they're just happy that I'm here. And uh, they, I don't think they have a problem driving me to and from places, which I'm thankful for that. Some people might, you know, get mad about that, but they don't care. You know, it's, it's their job. They would do anything for their kid. Just like eventually when i have kids i would do anything for my son or daughter in the future and my wa- future wife or whoever it might be so they don't have a problem
1: doing that and that's a nice thing too is you're not like if that's the most dependent thing you have on them you're, you know thank god you're yeah, not yeah. getting fed every day they don't have to no clean you every day because we've seen it so often just especially you know at the fire department on the medical side we yeah. we run that oh yeah so often and it's it's heartbreaking
2: yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty, I'd say I'm 99.9% fully functional. I mean, I can take care of myself, obviously. I can put my clothes on now, cook my own food and everything else. But, you know, I feel like it's also normal to ask for help. Like I mentioned earlier about the mental health thing, you know, it's, it's normal to ask for help from people just because you can't do something or you're not as good at something. I mean, go ask, you know, don't feel bad about asking for help for something if you feel like you need help. You know, that's what people are there to do. They're, they're there to help you out.
1: Well, that's. And, and you're right, because so often, and I think it's just a natural response to a lot of us. Like, even if somebody trips and falls, hey, you good? Need anything? All right, see you later. Like, and we just <laughs> throw it out there. And while we would do anything, you know, when somebody does kind of ask for help, we're like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, it's just. It
0: yeah, would, well, you know, we've we've run those calls with the elderly people that, you know, they've been laying on their floor for six hours Just mm-hmm. they didn't want to call and be a bother. And now they're way worse off oh, yeah. than if they would have just called at that time at, you know, at the beginning. And you know, like, so.
1: and like clockwork, <laughs> the very next call you'll run every time is somebody with like toe pain mm-hmm. <laughs> for 10 minutes. Like, yeah. You'll have the sweet old lady that's like, "Oh, I just thought I'd make it. I didn't want to bother hey. you guys. How long yeah. you been on the floor? A week? Oh my god!" Yeah. The next one's like, "Yeah, my toe's been hurting for ten minutes," and it just like <laughs> inside you just want to punch them because you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. But you know, when it
2: comes down to it, it's your job. You know, yeah. You still got to go to it and you know try to treat everyone the same. Sometimes it's harder, you know, to do that for certain people, but you still have to. You know we. You know, took an oath to serve and protect the city and the citizens, and uh, that's kind of what you just have to deal with every day. So you get—I mean,
1: well, I even feel bad for like the officers that were with you that day. The—the one that was over you and returned fire on the suspect, the one that hauled ass to the hospital for you. Oh yeah. You were lucky. They had to go back to work the next day. Yeah. And like, how how do you? Uh, You know,
2: like it, it would be it would be really hard for me to do that. Like. I remember my partner, and uh, he was like, because I, I didn't remember anything, so I, I called him up when I was at rehab. I was like, hey man, you remember everything from it? Is like, dude, I remember every single thing from that call, and for him to go through what he went through, I mean, to see his partner get shot and then have to, you know, physically <laughs> be with me in the the, the squad car on the way to the hospital and see me, you know, bloodied up and everything else. I mean, that was probably I mean, talk about traumatizing. That was super traumatizing. I can only imagine. So and even. Uh, the female officer was in the car holding my head you know I'm sure that was very traumatizing but people and I still talk to her and I feel like people see her and they're like oh she's fine she can come back to why isn't she back to work but you know she's been through a lot and people don't understand what she's been through and what she's seen and if she doesn't want to come back to work then she doesn't have to come back to work and sometimes you know it's just not meant for certain people and uh you know for someone else to you know, armchair quarterback her and tell her what she should and shouldn't shouldn't yeah, do. Yeah, you come is do wrong it. exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, not even about that. Just about the um, mental part of it. I mean, you didn't see what she did had to do. I mean, she probably deals with those demons every day. I mean, it's probably survivors survivors guilt. You know, she's probably like, oh man. You know, why wasn't her? I don't know what she's thinking, but you know, she's going through a lot of stuff, and people are so quick to say, oh, she's fine. She can walk and you know do everything else. But you know. You don't know what she's going you don't know the demons that she's going through every single day just like
1: literally out of everybody involved with that incident it, you arguably might be the one that got off the luckiest probably when, when you when you truly break it down and think about it yeah you have the benefit of not remembering a goddamn thing that
2: night oh yeah and everyone else remembers everything
1: yeah and how crazy is that to say like i was going to take a nap for a few <laughs> days and you know get this bullet healed and then be right back and meanwhile while you're just taking a nap Everybody else is going through that and then going back to work.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, and
1: I you know, like I mentioned earlier, I talked to my partner,
2: he's like he's like, Yeah, man, he's like I don't know why. He's like the one thing I did think about, he's like, Why did he's like, I don't know why I didn't walk around the corner first. And I was like, dude, I was like, You can't think that way. It just happened. It, it was meant to happen to me and uh, you know, I'm gonna make the best out of it and it wasn't you were meant to get shot and I, personally I didn't tell him this, but if he watches this, you know, I'm glad that It did happen to me because I would be be super messed up from watching him go through that and dealing with that because, I mean, I I don't want to see that. I don't want to see any other police officer. You know, I I get somewhat emotional even when I see any police officer around the whole entire United States get killed or shot or whatever it might
1: be. And you guys had, and here's the thing I think a lot of people forget about that day. You weren't the first cop shot. I know. (laughs) Like, that's what's so you guys i mean you're already just on running here oh yeah or here throughout the day and yeah. it's just god bless their hearts I for remember to deal with that i remember uh i remember
2: doug was telling me he told me a story after he was at his house and you know he got the call that you know one of his officers was shot and he's like he was he's like it was moss he's like well he's like which moss i have two mosses like which one was it? he ended up saying it was me and uh, he told me a story of because he, he came in our roll call that day before work before we went out and loaded our car up, and uh, he asked, "Hey, how are you guys doing?" And I remember he told me stories that he's like, "I looked at you, Moss. I said, hey, Moss, how you doing?'" He's like, "He's like, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just because I was just, you know, just calm, cool, as collected. You know, I I didn't expect for me to get shot that day." You know, no one expects for them to get shot. <laughs> we just
0: throw this in my calendar yeah. here. Probably would have taken a vacation day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I probably would have <laughs> used my first sick day. I've ever used, <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, just... And that's something we know. We focus so many times on the show about the individual, but I think it'd just be just as beneficial to get, you know, all the officers that were there with you that day. Because, like I said, it, as bad as it sounds, you...
0: Well, you, you were know, shielded
1: the most. Yeah. You
0: know, it's it's something to think about and talk about is, you know, incidents like this, you know, whether it's, you know, you getting shot or, you know, a firefighter getting hurt at a house fire yeah. or, you know, some kind of traumatic event that happens in our professions. It's not just the person affected. It's all the other crews that were on the scene, all the mm-hmm. other officers that were around. Their family, members. Their family members. I mean, it's. You can exponentially carry that out until it's like we were talking about the other day with the whole you know how suicide if it doesn't just affect that one person affects a lot of people it affects a lot of people and it's just it's a daisy chain oh yeah and just go down the line and it affects everyone differently to a different degree you know the people that were standing right there it's going to affect them one way and then you know the people down the line oh yeah affects them differently. So, but it is something definitely to think about and it's worth discussing.
2: Oh yeah. And you know, that's kind of why I'm trying to get into, uh, you know, public speaking and motivational speaking because I don't have life figured out. No one does, but you know, I feel like I have a lot of good, I guess, advice when it comes to going through or conquering adversity and conquering your fears and everything else. I mean, like I mentioned three or four times already, like I went back to the same gym today that I had my seizure and I did the same exact workout that I did not finish three or four weeks ago because I wanted to conquer that and I wanted to get that done. And I did. And I felt great about it. And I want people to try to have that same mindset. Some people will never have that mindset, but I want to try to be able to inspire them to have that mindset.
1: I mean, you're doing everything right. (laughs) I mean, and, and you can ask Jeremy, we've had conversations, we've had people on the show that get it. Yeah. You know, you, Doug, Darren, we had Dr. Haas, like, they get it. Yeah. And then we've had others that, while they are love to be here and they have great stories to tell, you know, we've looked after the episodes and just kind of been like, they're not there yet. Yeah. And it's not like... You know, you're there. Like you can just stop. Yeah. It's not like,
0: oh, hey, you're good. Just take a break. It's. Yeah. Well, I and I think that's the thing is it, it never stops. No. It, it's, you know. It's, it's, it's stuff continuing.
2: you. It's stuff you struggle with every day. I still struggle with, you know, anxiety and little depression every single day. But it's getting better with talking with people and I mean, even being here talking about it. My mom's like, uh, "Do you want to talk about this?" And I was like, oh, "It's easy to talk about something you don't remember." I mean, it is. I'm like, I don't remember anything. I can talk about this all day. Just like she's like, well, I think, you know, if you go into motivational speaking, you might get tired of talking about it. I was like, I was like, I don't remember anything. I was like, I can talk about this. It's my my story. Yeah, it's my story, and it's still, it's still being written. You know, every single day, it's being written. There's a new page every day. Stuff I go through, stuff I conquer every day, and uh, you know, it's gonna be continue to be written, where eventually I'm going to grow old and, you know, have a wife and kids, which I'm, you know, very excited for that to happen, whoever that might be. Bless and, their poor souls. Uh, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but no, I'm excited to have kids. I'm excited to get married forever, Who you know, whoever God puts in my life, and I'm excited to be able to share that with that person and uh, have kids and grow old together and just kind of just be there for people for the rest of my life, whether it be being a police officer or whether it be some other job or whatever it be, whatever it might be. I know there's a plan for me, like I've said. So I'm excited for that opportunity whenever it comes.
1: I love it. Yeah. I'm glad we had you on.
2: Oh yeah, so I, am I.
1: This is, and it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting, like picking your brain apart.
0: But Whoa. Especially, easy. That's another one. That's another <laughs> yeah. One.
1: <laughs> well, Come but on, man! I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just, just you know, just the discussion. Especially, I, I think it gives a fantastic perspective because you don't remember it. Yeah, like we're just we're just starting with you at chapter three. Yeah, you know. Like, oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, your outlook and perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's so so important and it's so refreshing. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah, shitty thing happened guess what i'm still here i'm better and it. i'm still moving forward yeah i and new,
2: you know like i say i'm tyler 2.0 now you know i was tyler 1.0 before and uh it's just because
1: you got a bunch of metal in you no but,
2: <laughs> but you know i was you know i was i was just at, i was at the best of my life before i got shot and you know i kind of went down to the you know in the dumps after it happened but I'm slowly starting to crawl my way out with, you know, with God and with talking to people and everything else. And, you know, I am Tyler 2.0 now, and I have two birthdays now. July 2nd of every year is my second birthday. I mean, that's the anniversary. Last year, I had a huge party at my parents' house. Got to invite everyone out that was involved in the incident. And I'm thankful that people came out and be able to celebrate that day with me. You know, my worst day in my life, but some, you know, it was also the best day in my life. And to an extent, I mean. I'm just, I don't know. Like, it's funny because I, I, I physically I I can't cry. Like I literally can't. Like I, like it sounds bad, but you know I think and and it did the the bullet did affect my kind of my emotions and everything. So I mean I get I'm a, I'm emotional, but I'm not like crying emotional. Like I can sit here and like it was weird. Like my grandpa was such a big part of my life. I couldn't cry. I don't know why. Like, he's such a big part of my life, and I know he's watching over me right now from heaven, but it's it was just hard to cry, and I try to, and I try to, but I can't. It's just it's just crazy. I just can't do it. But I show emotions, but it's on a different level.
1: Yeah. So. Do you still feel? And, so, and that's an interesting point, talking about that. Like, do you is tyler 2.0 a limited version of himself or is he an unlimited version of himself i mean i I like think i'm unlimited but you know
2: might be limited in some eyes but in all reality i don't really care what they think you know because i'm a new person and i'm a better version of myself than i was before and i mean everyone's got a story some are bigger than others mine might be bigger than others but you know everyone's got a story something something traumatic that they've been through has grown and molded them into the person that they are today and uh for me, you know whoever's i guess not a believer in Christ, I wish that they did see him because he gets you through a lot of stuff, and he continues to get me through a lot of stuff and you know i just i mean I praise him every day and I mean that's i mean in all reality, I can you know owe it to you know my partner and the sergeant that drove me to the hospital and everything else, but you know in all and honestly all in all of God's glory it was it was him he saved me that day, and he saved me my whole life I mean he died for us and and uh, I'm thankful for everything he's done in the past because i mean i look I've eventually one day i mean you know, i want to be the best person i can so i can you know reach that holy place and be with him when i when i'm taken off this earth hopefully not anytime soon but eventually
1: i'd, I'd have to i'd literally look at him and be like hey huh. nice to see you but let's talk about this <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you, you know what and and that's
2: another thing is I don't know why it happened to me like and that's another thing I could be very upset and you know mad and be like oh why me Why?" and be very justified in that yeah exactly and people be like I understand but that's not who I am you know I'm gonna overcome that and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make the, the crappiest situation the best situation I can and that's why I'm trying to inspire people to do because you're gonna be dealt some of the worst cards ever and you know what are you gonna do with those cards are you gonna throw them away and just you know pout and cry like a lot of people would or are you going to make something better out of it and do something better so that's why I want people to be able to do that
0: well it's the you know the thing of people going well why me well where where does that get you if no you're way. just P- sitting there pity
1: parties get you nowhere yeah. yeah
0: get you nowhere get you stuck in the mud buried in the sand yep whatever it's like Moran's driving off road okay <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's fair. <laughs> but, you know, like, when you when you say that, it does resonate, especially very heavily between Jeremy and I. Clearly not near to the, you know, the problem you had. But, you know, like, after the death of my mom, and how many times do we see kids that we interact with, especially you guys probably more than us, the, uh, you know, a death of a parent, death of a loved one, it just it sends them, especially in youth, it just sends them down a dark, dark path. Oh, yeah and you see more and more interactions with law enforcement it's yep. it's one of those things it's like you can either eat the shit sandwich and make it as good as you can yeah. or just coward and hide and make bad decisions you know and after jammy after dealing with your addiction and everything it's i can either use this platform to do better or i can continue to hide behind it and it's the same with you like hey i didn't ask get shot in the head but i oh, did no, no.
2: Yeah. so
1: here's what we're going to do about it and yeah. we're not going to hide we're not going to have a pity party we're Going to inspire others, and if yeah. there's one other person that you can set that example for, that if a bad, terrible thing happens to them, they're like, "Well, if Moss can do it, I can do it." Yeah, and it did was it successful.
2: It was uh, it was funny because that video they did at Abundant Life, a couple guys I work with, like, "Yeah, man, that's really good." But what you pretty much said is, uh, you know, if this is if this happened to me, you know, what I've been through, then you can get over your all your, you know, your little crap that you're going through because I mean, look what I've been through, and I've gotten over it and if you and if you but but it could be the biggest thing in their life you know something the smallest thing for someone could be the biggest thing in their life just because i had something super traumatic happen to me doesn't make my situation less than yours because like i said it could be the biggest thing for them i don't want to i don't want that pity party for myself
0: it's about perspective exactly you know and we run that as police officers and firefighters every day Whenever we run calls, it's the biggest thing that's ever happened in their life, you know, whether it's the 2 a.m. toe pain or, (laughs) you know, they got their hand chopped off in a horrible meat cleaver accident, you know, it's, but it's about perspective. Yeah. Because, I mean, in case you guys didn't know, you're the center of your own world. Yeah. And everything revolves around you because we all have an ego and that's how everybody thinks.
1: So... Well, brother, thank you so much for coming oh, on yeah, today. No, anytime. It's been a blast. You're always welcome back. All right. Yeah. I'd anytime, like to get you, you and Doug can. on here at the same time. I oh, it would, would be, be.
2: Actually, Actually, you should you, you should try to make that happen. I would be down for that. That'd be a blast. He's a busy man. He got promoted, but he would be down to do that, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. He's like
1: assistant king shit now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's been on since then. DC, Deputy Chief
1: Demo Oh, yeah. He has been
0: on since mm-hmm.
1: then. And he's been on for a while. That's right.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. he's been on the show since then. Oh, since yeah. he got yeah. promoted, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did an episode with him and his brother. Okay, and he's like, like, "Oh that was, yeah, I mean
1: that was fun. <laughs> it it was pretty good. There, I, it's, I'll send the, the links to you. Having Darren on was a blast. It, he's I'm a sure, fucking hoot. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they were giving each other a hard time.
0: <laughs> you know, not as much as I really?
1: anticipated. Yeah, no, it, it was. I would have expected Darren to be the instigator. If anything, it was Doug. Yeah, that, <laughs> that doesn't surprise
0: me. <laughs> it was. It was really uh. I expected a little bit more back and forth whenever they were both on, but it was actually, it was a really good episode, but it was more serious than, you know,
1: I mean, it was still. We didn't expect it. Like, we were expecting this Neo, as he says, red team, blue team. That's his thing. (laughs) uh, Really, it was more just perspective of each other's incidents and things they went through, and it it turned out to be a fantastic episode. It's good. So, yeah.
0: All right. Well, like we end every episode. If you are struggling, there are resources out there. Reach out. If you know somebody that is struggling, let them know that you care. Let them know what the resources are. Um, yeah. And Tyler, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it.
2: Oh, yeah. No problem. I had a blast. And like what uh, he was saying, you know, if you do need help with something, seek that help before it is too late, because... You know, eventually it will be too late and it's going to be too overwhelming for you to even be able to deal with. So you need to address it when you can, when that comes up.
0: All right. Appreciate it. Moran. Well, well, you were
2: here. (laughs)